is Monday evening here as the latest edition of Summer's Favourite Podcast, the Chair Shop Podcast, uh, comes to you pre-recorded as we have done for the last 11 years. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by Paul. Hello. I, I said his name first because he was peering around his room not paying attention, so I had to get I had to I'm get looking for, I know we have tissues in here somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> Sneezing on the podcast. And also with us, hopefully tissues and toe, Joe Towder. <laughs> yep. Fistful of tissues at all times. Yeah, my favourite Western. That. Tell you what, lads, the old high fever's been bad this year. Oh, it's flaring back up. I got it under control, but yeah, it's flaring back up this week. I went out for a walk, came home, I was just like coughing, my throat closing up. Sneezing, coughing, it's really bad. Rubbish. Just, just not go out anymore. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I suffer from hay fever. I think you'd know if you did. Yeah. yeah. I I have the same reaction as you guys do for hay fever to like being in a stuffy office. Oh, like recirculated With, air. Recirculated yeah. air. That gets me real bad. Oh, but yeah. I've been outside of the house most of the last week and I'm I don't even have a sniffle. Even though I was looking for a tissue just now. That's the first of it I've got. So I probably got it off you too. Uh, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, <laughs> That's how the COVID gets you through yeah. the computer lines. Through the microphone. And, and it's same with the vaccine as well. Once once you're near someone who's had it, that you can transmit it. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of that, Paulie, this week we can sign up for the old... Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like Dynamite Kid, baby. Just stick it right in my hole. <laughs> Uh, Give me the ten of them that are in the wall. I'll have them in the At least we can laugh. Um, yeah, so that's on the agenda this week for us. Us 30-somethings, which I, I am technically yeah. not yet, but by the time I get it, I will be. Um, but when's your birthday, Barry? Uh, next Wednesday. Your shoot your shoot birthday, your my government shoot, birthday. My okay. government birthday is next Wednesday. Okay, so you will be able to register then. Well, I, I asked this question and someone pointed out because I have I have never looked because it was prophesied that it would be so fucking long before people my age could look. The yeah. way they the way they do it is they just go by your year. So they're not okay. going to... So, so if I sign up tomorrow, they're going to say, oh, excuse me, Mr. Murphy, you're not actually 30. <laughs> it's back of the queue. No vaccine for you. Um, uh, so it's it, what, 91? It, so it's 91, basically, yeah. Or it's, it's 30 okay. to 30... Four or no, thirty to thirty-nine. So yeah. anyone, anyone in that nine-year bracket, uh, which makes okay. sense. Um, yeah, I'm a bit further along, to be honest. We're, we're, we're both same, same bracket. We're Just both, fine. we're both. In the, I, <laughs> you know, we're both in the eighteen to forty-nine demo still. <laughs> That's how I'm coping with tur- turning thirty. It's like I have nineteen years of my opinion still mattering. Yeah, so. I told someone the other day I was thirty-four, yeah. which is is not my age. <laughs> Yes, I've been doing that since I think I think twenty six, and I think this is something I do say to people. This is how you know when you're old. If you yeah. anyone who I know who's like a little bit younger, who's like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and they're freaking out about turning a certain age, I'm like, no, 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 you're only getting old when you forget what your age is. And I've been doing that since about twenty six. It's like if so, yeah. like if I have to, if I'm asked by anyone or for whatever reason, or if I go to a doctor's office, or whatever, like, what age are you? I'm like, uh Late tw- late twenties, uh, male about six one, white, uh, late twenties, you know, that uh, uh, kind of brown hair with a kind of reddish tinge in a certain yeah. light, you know. 
I, I'm <laughs> turning 33 this year, for the record. <laughs> but I don't know, they came up a conversation, and I was just completely automatically went, yeah, you know, I'm 34, and da 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 I'm not 34. <laughs> you know? It stops it's just, mattering. It stops it's, mattering. It does stop mattering. Birthdays are, you know, I still enjoy a birthday, don't get me wrong. But yeah. the actual age part of it definitely becomes less important. Until I mean, it's vaccine time, baby. Yeah, this, this is the last thing that will matter for us until the fortieth, and even that doesn't actually yeah. matter. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, anyway, that's the uh, that that's age and vaccine guff for you. Yes. Um, uh, and and hay fever guff, uh, a recurring topic for the last uh, 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 decade plus on this show, certainly. Um, I tell you what, though, lads, this is my uh, this is about my. Uh, 82nd hour of broadcasting um, uh, in the last in the last week since I last spoke to you. You're a machine. I'm I'm I'm, I'm the Brian Cage of broadcasting. It's true. Um, yeah. uh, just to, to get the it guns, up. <laughs> it up. Just to, yeah, get the oh, big, the guns, the big pasty guns uh, out there. Yeah, I had a very busy week on the old uh, the old Twitch machine, but it was a lot of fun. Um, Got that sweet affiliate status, so it's yeah. just oh baby, raking it in, raking it in. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I got that, and so I, I kind of not to celebrate that, but just kind of coincidentally, I was like, all right, you know, Ratchet and Clank's coming out. I'll do a little extra stream the day that's out to play it. Oh, E3 yeah. is this week. Oh well, I'll do a little E3 thing, watch the Ubisoft thing, and then my two usual ones. And yeah. like the Saturday one went like long because I was playing Knockout City and people had asked on Friday, it's like, oh, do more Ratchet and Clank. I was like, okay, I'll do more Ratchet and Clank. And so I stuck an extra hour onto that one. Jesus, I, I, I'm exhausted. Um, uh, it has it has been in, in, in a nice way. It has been like having a second job um, right. this past mm-hmm. week because it's like setting all the shit up, making sure everyone, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you know, then also I'm trying to get into the habit of, okay, pull all the VODs down, chop them up, upload them into bits on YouTube so people can pick and choose this, 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 stick it up on the old. I'm using a TikTok account now. Uh, uh, literally just to pop the highlights up. Well, you do have the big bank, to be fair. The what? The big bank. What's that? Small waist, pretty face, and a big bank. <laughs> Paul's oh shaking his arse on the camera here. <laughs> I know the memes, Barry. Don't be coming to me. Better, better than I do, obviously. I, rec- I, recognize, I recognize it now once you shook your arse. I was like, oh, that one. Yeah. Um, well, when you got it, you got to use it. When you, when you got it, you got to use it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sorry for the listeners. They missed quite a little dance yeah. there. And well, again, that'll be on the premium tier at some point in the future. That'll be uh, that'll be chopped up and put on Barry's TikTok. Yeah, point. absolutely. But no, that's I, I, I have not yet. Maybe it'll happen someday. I have not yet sat down and actually filmed a thing for TikTok. <laughs> it is literally just I like, yeah, put in the archives, reformat, reformatting the clip into phone screen format, which is another thing. It's kind of reignited my love of just messing around with video editing software. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a, just a really fun hobby, but it's been it has been exhausting. Um, it is like I'm doing two jobs, but you know, a nice solid week. You know, a few bob coming my way at the end of the month for the first uh, the first Ooh. month of the Twitch. Not too bad now, if I do say so myself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which is good, but it's it's just been it's been so much fun. And uh, this coming Wednesday, starting a brand new game. Oh no, it's a me Mario. I'm facing off against Bowser, and he's so furious. Oh. Uh, a bit, a bit Paul Bearer there at the end. Um, yeah, 
uh, <laughs> oh my Bowser. Um, yeah, I'm going to play Bowser's Fury on Wednesday, which I'm really looking forward because I've been looking forward to just playing that game anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's that fun. will be fun. Yeah, so I've been kept busy with that this week uh, and also watching um, E3 stuff, which we'll talk about when it comes to the old game guff. Um, I feel like E3 has been way less cringe this year without uh, because they can't do anything on a stage right. with any yeah, yeah. stupid guests, so they haven't. Uh, that's good. And uh, I suppose the other life guff highlight I had returned to El Cinema uh, <gasps> just last night, which is why we're recording on, on Monday today. Back to the old Omniplex. Um, and it was a little busier than it was the previous reopening. Uh, obviously, last autumn, I suppose, um, uh, Iris Cinemas opened back up. I I went to a few old movies. I went to Tenet and both time, like I think I maybe went to the cinema five or six times. Uh, like mostly with my girlfriend, and then once with one of my friends. And we made up about fifty percent of the attendance every time right. I went. It was it was bad. It was well, it was good. I actually fucking loved it. But from the cinema's point of view, I don't think that they were probably too happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was much closer to. Not full attendance, but it was more closer to kind of like, okay, a, a, a decent chunk of people came to see this. I went to see uh, A Quiet Place 2, which I'll talk about later. Um, but it was quite nice. Um, there was not one, but two, we're so happy to have you back videos playing before <laughs> the film. Um, one, of them, one of them was kind of a generic kind of uh, 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 trying to tug at your heartstrings thing. The other one was very much a, please, please come to the cinema. Uh, you know, type <laughs> uh, which was good. Uh, they've kind of added they've they've added this weird kind of a system in, in at least in my branch. When they opened up last year, it was kind of like okay, prepay on a machine and then come up to uh, a till and and collect it. Now they've added kind of prepay on a machine, walk up queue once to scan your order. They'll then go prep the order, then go to a separate queue to collect it. I'm like, all right, I'm sure this was probably mandated as the appropriate way to do this to minimize handing things off, but whatever. Um, but who cares, lads? Got into the cinema, watched the film, on a big screen, with a popcorn, with a Coke, beautiful sound system, big, massive, biggest screen in the cinema for for for, for my, uh, last night's showing, which is fantastic. And you know what? As bittersweet as it was, I was almost a little bit happy to have people nattering behind me for literally the entire length of the film. Um, but emphasis on almost, because I was, in fact, extremely annoyed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my fucking God. There's a couple of different genres of people who do this, right? You have the you have your ruffians, your teens, who seemingly waste the 20 quid to go away to be pricks, right? Who To go away and just be assholes and mess it up. You have your kids who don't really know any better uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. And then you had what I had in this one, which I, I suppose they're they probably mid-tier annoying. They're not, they're not as annoying as the anti-socialites, but they're, but they're uh, these, these, these people. So basically, we were sitting near the back row, and we went to see A Quiet Place too. if I didn't say that already, which obviously... Quiet Place, the franchise so far, tremendous series of films to see in the cinema, right? Great series of films to see in the cinema. And I loved both my experiences overall, but you do have to contend with the fact that while you're sitting there in the dead silence, fucking so tense, there's someone fucking talking. There's always someone fucking talking, right? And um, 
that's what we had this time. And it wasn't like socializing. It wasn't on the phone. It wasn't messing. It was they, they were just like earnestly discussing the film. Oh. And I was like, but 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 like that's almost more annoying because you're not like intentionally being a prick. You you just. But I don't understand what you come to the cinema to do. It reminded me of when I went to see John Wick 3. And again, two people sat behind me and they were like, they were worse because they were my age. So they really should have known better. And they were doing stupid shit like, um, uh, how do they know it's John Wick? And when when, when oh, someone God. new would pop out of the woodwork to have a shot at him, they go, how do you know it's him? Because it's John Wick, you fucking idiots. But anyway, um, like, like about a half hour into this one, Right, um, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I won't get into story, right? But you know, the premise of the first one: the girl is deaf. She has the the hearing aid. The hearing aid whirs at a certain frequency that the the monsters don't like. And like about half hour into the second film, one of them turns to the other and goes, "Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's her hearing. She can't hear. Yeah, she can't hear. Yeah, she can't hear." And the thing makes, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, okay. And I was like, "Are you fucking? Are you fucking seriously having this conversation?" And then later, you know, it's you know, it's a it's a horror movie where they are, you know, trying to creep around and make and not make noise. And and there are certain scenes where it's deathly quiet and people are moving so slowly and so carefully to avoid it. And they're like, oh, I, she's going to knock that though. She's going she's going to knock that and it's going to make noise. And oh, I was like, are, are, are you? Are you? Is this an elaborate bit? Am I being pranked on some kind of show? Like, oh my god! And again, and also, I, I don't know why, but there's something so annoying about the whisper, because they, because it's like, but you, so you understand that you're not supposed to be making noise. You understand that what you're doing is incredibly annoying, but do you not understand that that you that you can be heard? Like, yeah. even even with COVID social distancing, and they do that thing on uh, the website where they block two seats around you. So you're kind of in a bubble, but you're still close enough. I can fucking hear you, man. Shut the fuck up and watch the fucking film. Oh, it's all right. And I remember, like, I, the same thing happened for Quiet Place 1 because there, right. there are, like, extended sequences in both films where it literally goes completely silent. And, and it's, you know, for tension. And it's just like, oh, my God. How can you, how can you do this? Oh, it was so annoying. It was so annoying. I'll tell you what you'd hate, Barry. What's uh, Amer- America. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I would absolutely go to one of those uh, bougie, fancy cinemas where they throw people out for talking. I would absolutely go yeah, to like, the, 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 a, a, a draft house. Um, and I wouldn't care if it was 30 quid a ticket. I would absolutely yeah. go to one of those uh, because it's just, I mean, I, I've had my fill. And like I said, it's I've had every genre of person talking, messing, fucking falling around fighting being dickheads intentionally unintentionally whatever the only time i think it's tolerable is like i well i I, for some reason i can remember the specific shitty marvel movie it was it was a age of ultron yeah and i was like i remember there was a kid there asking his dad questions the whole way through the film and it was literally who is that that like it was that kind of question wait what's he why is he doing that and i was like well you know what it's like saturday afternoon and i'm watching a kid's film so i guess this is what i get you know i can't yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't really be bad but these, these these people were not mine they were like they were like 13 14 i'm like come on you you know what's happening in this film it's also not fucking you know macbeth it's fucking quiet place too yeah, the monster, yeah. the monster will get you if you make noise. Is the is the premise? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh well. But anyway, I am nonetheless very happy that the cinema is back, and I'm, I'm, I'm not only going to go and try and see new films 
Like, I want to go see that new Conjuring. I'm probably going to try and rewatch some of the stuff that came out in the interim that's obviously a cinema film like Godzilla. Um, I, I will see Godzilla versus Kong, if at all possible, in a, in a cinema. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the life cut for me. Okay, uh, I don't really have much, to be honest. I um, It's very hot. We had a barbecue yes. the other yeah. day. Uh, we went to the market again, same one we went to last week. Uh, had another donut. Went for the chocolate donut this time. Ooh, nice. Tea. I thought it was very nice. Natty bought a wine glass. Which is Ooh. Shout to the video now. Um, I had been bigging up these donuts to my brother, saying these donuts are the bomb.com. And then he got one and he didn't like it. So <laughs> I felt the, the intense disappointment of, of really recommending something to someone and then they go, ah, didn't like it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, look, fair enough. I really like him. That's all that matters. Um, but apart from that, not a huge lean newsworthy week. What about you, Joe? No, me neither. Um, mainly footy and working late. Must have been it. And heat. Lots of heat. Yeah. Yeah. We can uh, we can get onto the old footy if. Uh, yeah, if it's time for a new go. recurring segment, at least for the next month. Euro twenty twenty <laughs> guff. Footy guff on Footy Radio. So I think I think we have three main points we need to touch on this week. Number one, England. How impressed were you? It's coming home. It's coming home. Um, well, it was good because we've never won an opening game at the Euros. Yeah. And the last five actually opening games we've played, we've uh, scored first and then failed to win. So. Um, this game, I was yeah, a little bit nervous towards the end, but actually we're much more kind of in control, much more <laughs> mature and much more calm than a lot of previous games where we just went, right. oh, we're nearly going to win. Let's just go mental. <laughs> and this one, we actually just, you know, they had a game plan. They just said, right, stick to the plan. Keep going. Work hard. Yeah. And yeah, and it went well. I think a lot of people doubting Southgate's selection, but um, yeah, I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's trying to he's, he's got a team in mind he's not just picking players based on flavour of the week Right. You know, he's not going oh I've got to get Grealish in got to get you know this player in this player in um, you know he, he knows what, what he wants to do he's been building towards that and he's seeing it through whereas I think previous managers would have just gone oh I better pick the player everyone wants me to pick otherwise I'll get shouted at if we lose and so he's avoided that trap which is good so, what did yeah. you make of Trippier at, at left back? What were your initial thoughts on that? I well, and it's a bit strange, only because you've got Chilwell, you know, Chilwell and Shaw, well. the the well, Champions not, League final winning left back, not, and not so, not so much sure. Well, um, arguably the best left back in the league last season. Well, Europa League loser. Um, so Chil- Chilwell and Shaw both Chilwell's not over here. Both very good, um, but yeah, but I think he just wanted someone a bit more defensive. Uh, someone kind of more reliable. Yeah, uh, set-piece taker as well. Yeah, and I think Trippier kind of fits that role. Um, so I was a bit bit surprised to not have a natural left... When we've got two natural left-footed left-backs. Yeah. And you're playing a, a you know a right-back. It's a bit strange. But I think he's got... There's a logic to it. Which, yeah. And also you've got Mings on that side, who is very inexperienced and, yes. you know, plays for Aston Villa. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Although he's, he's had a good season. He's had a pretty good season, but um, yeah, I think he needs a bit of help. On that side, although I, I could see against Scotland or the Czech Republic, maybe bringing in a Chilwell or Shaw. 
Maybe go a bit more attacking. Yeah, I think I would play Trippier on the right. I thought Walker had a poor game. Yeah, he, he, too many misplaced passes. Um, yeah, I would, and that's the thing. Yeah, you miss Trippier at right back as well, probably my left back. But mm. yeah, I could see, I think he's going to pick the team to suit the game. And I think against Scotland, it could be very different. I think they'll, um, yeah, we'll play through the middle. The midfield was really good. Calvin Phillips was was excellent. He's very good. Yes, yes. Very I good. think that that midfield. I've gone from kind of thinking, basically, our fullbacks are very good and our front line is very good. To now, I'm like, actually, the midfield's pretty good as well. Rice, yeah. Phillips, Mount. You know, that's a pretty good, um, good three man midfield. Yeah. Although I don't know if he, they necessarily need to play the two def- more defensive midfielders against, you know, your Czech Republic and your Scotland's. Maybe you could get Grealish in there ahead of Rice. I thought Rice is pretty, like, solid, but unadventurous. Um, yeah, it's true. But I think Phillips, you know, it depends. He's He's been more defensive at Leeds, but he did start out as a box, played a bit box, more box forward, midfielder. Yeah, yeah. He, if he has the license to, to get forward, um, that could do it. But I could also see Grealish coming in on, on the left, <clears throat> maybe, or on the right. Yeah. Um, well, I would keep Foden. I would probably play Grealish ahead of Sterling, if anything. Even though Sterling scored the goal. Yeah. I think yeah. Foden is maybe one of England's best players. Um. Yeah. Well, saying that, I don't know. Watching Scotland, they were playing very far forward. Maybe they won't play as far forward against England, but you know the goalkeeper was in the <laughs> in the centre circle for like half the game. Yeah. That's why he got got lobbed. Exactly. Um, but they probably play a bit deeper. But if they if they do play forward, then I think Sterling. With the pace to get in behind, yeah, interesting. But yeah, good, good result. Why did you make a Kane? That's gotta be Kane. I thought um, he, had, I thought he was maybe the poorest player on England's team. Honestly. Probably, but I'm then I'm not sure what kind of job he's being asked to do. You know, he's, well, that's that's the system, right? I yeah, don't know. If, dropping, I don't know. If, he's dropping off a lot, yeah, and and trying to create space for others. So he's been a bit selfless. So maybe I, I don't know, but then. It, he probably could have done a bit more when he was getting in the box as well. Because, I mean, insofar as they're, you know, mostly in control of the game, I thought Croatia were really poor. As, as far as England were in control of the game, I thought that they could have used a bit more guile at the at the other end. Mm. Um, as you say, Kane's coming a little deep. I wonder if they, they'd risk a Calvert-Lewin in the next game. Because, um, I mean, like, as you said, the midfield were doing the job in the centre of the pitch. The midfield were mm. playing really well. Kane didn't necessarily need to be the fourth man there, you know. No. Um, he he almost played a more like a like a false nine with a with split forwards, you know, with Fulton yeah. and Sterling. But good win for England. Um, of course, having our our British link, I suppose they they're our Chairshot Podcast official team. We hope oh, win yeah, course, England. Um, then you had obviously the Christian Eriksen situation. Were you watching that game at the time? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh my um, god, how awful! How horrible. awful was that? Horrible. And then, I mean, the fact that they kept showing it. I know. You know. I could have, I mean, obviously you can turn off, but it's, you kind of want to find out what's happening. Is he okay? You know, exactly. But then you see him, you know, getting the old ch- heart to heart, not heart to heart, what's it called? The, the resuscitation. Yeah, the CPR. The old CPR, yeah. Um, and that's really distressing because then you know, well, he's he's basically dead. You know, if someone's getting yeah. that, they are dead. And so it's a case of, you know, can they bring him back? But um, yeah, God, really horrible. Uh, I had actually not been watching the game. I had just walked down the stairs mm. and my brother was sitting there watching TV and he um, he didn't understand yet because this might this was maybe 15 seconds after it happened. 
he goes, look, he rewound the sky or whatever. He rewound and said, look, this lad's after falling over. And we both mm. stood there and watched <laughs> what unfolded unfold, you know. Mm. And um, I remember I remember the Muamba. Obviously, everyone talking about Fabrice Muamba. I don't know if I was actually watching the Muamba game at the time mm. or if I had kind of seen on Sky, Sky Sports or Sky News and kind of switched over. But um, yeah, it was really, really unnerving, kind of a an out of body, not an out of body experience per se, but I was very, you know, mm-hmm. shaken by it. Um, the funny thing was we were planning to like order McDonald's for the late game, yeah. and then you know suddenly you're not in the mood even to watch a game. Never mind yeah. McDonald's, you know. Like, um, yeah. luckily, he seems to be okay, but like, yeah. and actually, I wasn't like trying to tempt fate or anything, but I had been thinking earlier that day, f- just generally football wise. How the it's you know luckily we've not had a bad injury in a long time, mm. like a broken leg or something, and then like in the next game this thing happens. Um, and then any other any other uh, matches have you watched? Have you been uh, impressed by any other teams? Um, we joined Holland, uh, Ukraine. That was well, that's been the best game so far. I think. That was that was bonkers. Well, the game I watched just now, Slovakia versus Poland. Slovakia are really up for it. Uh, first red card of the tournament as well. Always exciting. Bit harsh to see. though. A bit harsh though. Yeah. Well, Second I yellow. I, I didn't see the first one. But <laughs> no, the, the first one was a yellow. Second one was a bit harsh. I just like red cards. God, I love a red card. <laughs> um, I think Italy yeah, looks really good as well. Italy Belgium, good. Yeah, the home advantage is quite interesting because obviously it's easy yeah. to forget. A lot of these teams are playing in their home stadium. Yeah, the um, Poland Slovakia game was originally going to be in Dublin. Oh yeah, yeah. But that got moved. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed by uh, Italy and Belgium the most. I think myself, England, England. Insofar as they, I think, had the toughest opponent, whereas mm. you know, Italy and Belgium played, you know, comparatively Jabars. weaker teams. Yeah, uh, Turkey, who who people had as an outside little dark horse, but Turkey were ter- <laughs> terrible. Um. And then Belgium, wherever they beat the brakes off Russia, wasn't it? Yeah. They beat very handily. Um, yeah, I mean, the tournament, I don't think, has quite burst to life just yet. Last night's game and, and maybe the Poland game today were kind of the first flourishes of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of typical of the group stages of these kind of tournaments. Yeah. And um, and being spread out across countries, it doesn't have that kind of... <laughs> it doesn't help. That exactly. vibe of, you know, the, the host I'm, country yeah, and city. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, that's our bit of Euro talk. Uh, come on, England. <laughs> uh, we, of course, haven't seen yet the group of death. That'll be tomorrow. Oh, France, Germany, and Portugal. Three of the big guns. So we'll talk about that next week anyway. Um, mu- let's talk about some music. I am con- continuing my new trend of listening to a full new release album every mm. week. So I talked about Black Midi last week, Cavalcade. Um, this week I listened to what was at the time, if not anymore, I don't know, but uh, what was at the time Metacritic's number one album of the year. Uh, it's called Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. Okay. Uh, don't know if either of you have heard of Wolf Alice before. It's a name that sounded familiar to me. But I definitely haven't listened to them before. I've probably seen the name come up in, I don't know, what's the Mercury Award? 
called these? Is it still the Mercury Award? The Mercury Award. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it might have been rebranded. Maybe I've seen them come up there. I don't, I don't really mm. remember. But um, check their album out. I, I, what I'm basically going to do is uh, every week I'll go to Spotify's new releases and just mm. pick a random album. One that speaks to me for whatever reason. So if you want to know what's coming next week, uh, have a look. Because I've actually already listened to another album. But I've only listened to it for the first time today. So I'll, I'm going to keep that for next week. Whereas Blue Weekend, I think I've listened to fully through about seven times. Um, it's really fucking good. I mean, there's a reason why it's Metacritic's number one album of the year. It, I would liken it to a kind of... Ironically, kind of like a less mechanical Florence and the Machine. It's that kind of sound. It's kind of that... Okay, Florence alter- without the Machine. Florence without the machine. Florence, uh... <laughs> acoustic Florence. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 kind of an ethereal. You can imagine them playing like on one of the like the end of a Twin Peaks episode. Them showing up in the bar to play, um, their female led uh, alternative rock. Although it's not really even rock. It's just quite easy, easy going music with really well done uh, melodies and a kind of a haunting aspect to it um and here's here's how pretentious i am when it comes to music right obviously a lot of the music i like is shite so get that out of the way first (laughs) but i um was looking at the track list on spotify and as usual with these like new releases you have the the singles will have like millions of plays Mm -hmm. and then all the rest of the tracks will have maybe you know two hundred thousand or whatever Uh, i actually liked the singles, the least of all the songs on the album. Ooh. And I like the album tracks more. Um, look at this guy. <laughs> Hipster McGee over here. <laughs> but um, no, uh, Delicious Things is my favorite track on the album. So if you want to check one song out, see if it's uh, for you. I would highly recommend that one. But uh, overall, the album is just great. I think I pretty much marked almost every song like maybe apart from one or two at the end, but uh, it's one that especially holds up to re-listens. I think my first listen, I maybe marked six of them that I liked, and as I re-listened to it, I kind of appreciated the ones I had marked more and more, and I really got into those. Mm. But um, one song in particular is like very punky as well. It's almost like a kind of Sex Pistols-y sound to it. But um, yeah, big, big thumbs up on it. Um, It's my favorite album of the year so far. I'll actually be able to do Album of the year. This okay, year. yeah, an actual <laughs> 2021 release for album of the year. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, big big thumbs up on Blue Weekend. I thought it was great, and I'll I'll check out um, more of Wolf Alice when I get a chance. But uh, like I say, I've already started listening to uh, my next new album. I won't say what it is until next week, but I'll say when you when you said her name there, it sounded like one of the it sounded like the name of an album we would traditionally hear from you. I thought you were calling her Full Phallus there, <laughs> uh, Full Phallus, and a lot of people like the um, uh, the singles Shit Basket. I actually don't. I uh, I'm all about Dingleberry Rock, um, <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, <laughs> you know um, anal spatula. <laughs> Right, well, first of all, that's disrespect of the highest order. That I'm not gonna <laughs> I haven't I'm done honest. that bit in about five years, I feel like. I know. Um, no, but the, Wolf Alice is the name of the group. And uh, yeah, Blue Weekend, really, really great. Really highly recommended. 
the next album, I won't say what it is, but it's maybe uh, got a bit more of a hip hop influence. I'll say oh. more than that. But if you want to check out, go to Spotify new releases and see if you can figure out what it's going to be. But uh, I, without reviewing it, I'll say on first listen, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and that's my music for the week. Alrighty, do we want to jump in to uh, Movie Guff? Movie Guff. Uh, well, I suppose since I already referenced it, I'll kick off with uh, Quiet Place 2. Um, it? It's very good. It's very good. It's, um, it is kind of the right balance of uh, delivering those same style of set pieces from the first one. There's a lot of quietness. There's a lot of, oh, we're in an insanely dire situation here. There there are scenes that I feel really nicely parallel and are of a similar tension to, like, uh, you know, in the first one, the flooding basement scene when one of the, when one of the aliens just is, is submerges itself in the water. Um, similar, that similar kind of vibe. All that stuff is there. But then also they've gone in some kind of different uh, uh, directions creatively whereas the first film is very much kind of your kind of origin like here's the world here's the little settlement they have and this is how they survive there you go uh, whereas this one is a little bit more okay we the, you know everything we had is fucked so we have to kind of go on the road and then it becomes a little bit more walking dead e last of us e kind of uh, uh, your, your traditional post-apocalyptic thing of now we have to see what humanity is doing uh, outside the confines of our farm or whatever uh, they don't get bogged down too much in that the the, pre- the predominant uh human interaction they have outside of the core family is the killian murphy character who i won't really get into so it's not uh you know they don't introduce 10 million new characters thankfully uh, yeah it's really good i think it's, it's a difference really nice between delivering what you'd want based on the first film and expanding on it um in a sequel it's only about 90 minutes which is good uh, although i do feel like the killian murphy character is a little underdeveloped uh, I think there's going to be another film as well. I think they do leave that open, um, uh, and so it's 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 a little bit more of a uh, feels like a, a little bit of a roller coaster in the Quiet Place universe, be uh, more so than a kind of uh, a really excellently fleshed out story. Uh, I thought the first one had some nice kind of quieter human moments outside of the kind of constant terror, uh, whereas this one is a little bit more boom boom boom. But it's good. It's really good. I think if you enjoyed the first one, you will enjoy the second one as well. Uh, that's that's it for new films. I watched The Conjuring 2 at home. Uh, which is the British one where they go and, and oh, bloody hell, there's a, a right bad ghost in the house. Dick uh, Van Dyke in, is he? <laughs> um, they, uh, I'm trying to remember what else about this movie. It's good, but it's not the most, you know, it's a, it's a Conjuring movie. They go to the house, they got a ghost. Oh, no, this is terrible. How are we going to beat it? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's solid. It's, it's, it's another Conjuring movie. I was pleasantly surprised with the first one. I was pleasantly surprised with this one as well. It's still James Wan directing, so it is of a certain... Uh, it is kind of a haunted house, uh, ghosty pops out and scares you movie. But, it, but he has a... There's a craftsmanship to those movies that like even though they, they are that i mean i'm not going to say they're not that there's kind of like you can kind of tell james wan just loves movies and he loves horror and he's a he's a proper uh, uh you know uh, kind of nerd in a way uh, and you can see that in his movies uh and so it's another it's another very solid watch 
uh, and, and two great central performances as well. I really like Patrick Wilson in particular in these movies. I think he's really good. Uh, yeah, so that was enjoyable. Uh, solid 7 out of 10-ish horror. And uh, I will try while it's in the cinema to go and see the new one, The Conjuring 3. Although this one is not directed by James Wan. It's directed by the fella watched it, The Ghost of La Llorona. Um, which was which was very much not a well received uh, film. The general rule seems to be that the mainline Conjuring movies are quite well reviewed, and all the other little side spin off universe films are big old piles of shit. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so now they've they've promoted one of those directors into a mainline film. So we'll see. I'll I'll see it and we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, those are my those are my films for the week. Nice, nice. I've got um, just the one film. Um, so last night we watched a little indie movie um, called Shiver Baby, which is about a kind of young, early 20 something Jewish woman who has to go to a shiver, which is kind of a Jewish wake. Uh, she's in a bit of a mess in her life. We kind of see right at the beginning, she's kind of uh, hooked up with a, an older man. She goes to the wake. Um, her parents are driving her mad. Wait, what, what major are you going to pick at university? What, what are you going to do with your life? All that. Uh, and lo and behold, only the bloke she's having the bloody affair with is at the bloody wake. You know, typical luck. Um, I thought you were going to say he was the dead body. <laughs> he was he was very much alive and kicking. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's a very kind of small movie. It's pretty much all set at this at the wake. Um, very kind of low budget movie, very character driven, but it does quite an interesting, you know, an interesting take on it because it turns it almost into a, a thriller in the way it's, um, in the way it's kind of filmed, the music, lots of you know intense close ups and and perilous situations. So it, it took what could have been you know a bit of a bit of a very kind of plain and simple movie and it gave it a little bit of something interesting, a little bit of an edge. Um, I would say though that it it felt more like an episode of a, a kind of a prestige drama than a than a fully fledged sort of feature film because uh, it just didn't have that kind of level of you know whether it's the acting the dialogue the stakes whatever um, I think if it had been a, a pilot for a series I'd been quite happy with it but as a film is maybe a little bit lacking but um, yeah solid sort of seven out of ten for for that one for Shiver Baby so uh, yeah if you feel like an indie indie film check that one out and that's about it for me in the movies i haven't watched any movies this week but i was reading for whatever reason my own conjuring review from mm. when i saw that way back when I've, I've not seen the second one i've only seen the first one and yeah i thought it was pretty good not much more to say about it. I was, I, <laughs> there's, there's not, there's not much to say about them, really. I don't think they're, they're, good, um, they're, good. they're, they're good, and also, especially, they don't, um, they don't. It's not like, oh, it looks like a spooky uh, haunted house movie, and then you find out, no, 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 you don't find out anything. It's a haunted house movie. They yeah. have a, there's typically a thing possessed they have to get rid of, or a ghost. Uh, you know, it's, it's that's that's about it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's 2013, so it's coming up on a decade old. And I guess in the same way Avengers and Marvel films change cinema for the worse with their brand of anti-comedy. Yeah. Uh, the Conjuring kind of, in a way, did that for horror, where ev- every film now is a spooky witch face yeah. comes into shot and screams, you know? Um, but no, I, I did really like The Conjuring. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. 
Also, uh, based on the first the first two, and I've heard they do it in the third one, they try and frame it as, oh, well, the, what, what's the family called again? Uh, the, the, let's just call them the Bassets. I don't know why. Um, uh, they've been all over the, the world hunting ghosts. But this one, oh, lads, let me, this one, oh, this one was the one, let me tell yeah. you. And, of course, they all pass it off as, as you know. well, this, you know, the second one, they have a lot of archival footage in the credits. It's somewhat based in reality, but it's like every film, like it hasn't the the based on a true story thing hasn't been relevant for like a, a, a three decades at this stage. No, exactly. But no movies for me. No movies for Paul. Just the two movies. So me and Joe. Yeah. Uh, what about telly? You've been watching telly instead of watching movies. Yes, watch some telly. So, excuse me. So, um, low key. Not the wrestler. Ah, yes, Loki, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Villain. He's his excuse me, his show is out. Oh. Uh, so I did not bother me whole watching that. And instead I watched Lupin, which is back. Oh, absolutely destroyed. Absolutely Lupin, destroyed. Lupin, Lupin. Joe, have you watched any of Lupin Part 2? I didn't know it was out. We'll be watching that at the weekend. It's back. Well, I've only watched one episode. It's back, baby. I've only watched one episode. Uh Lupin, of course, which is the uh kind of feels a bit like BBC Sherlock, but it's uh mm. it's obviously a French. Uh, adventure series starring the the wonderful Omar Sy, the lead role. Um, it's back. Uh, episode six. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it was as good as episodes one to five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it very much felt like a, you know, a, a middle of the series episode, okay. which is just unfortunate. The fact that it's been split up this way, it doesn't feel so much as like a a second premiere you know like you get a season premiere it just feels like a middle of the pack episode so i I was a little bit disappointed in that sense um it also ends on a cliffhanger which i don't think the cliffhanger that they went for i don't think quite works when all the episodes are released at once Mm. i have not obviously watched the next episode but i i'm pretty certain where it's going um but uh yeah i mean as far as my reservations about it go it's still like one of the best shows currently on (laughs) so i mean I still would rather be disappointed with an episode of Lupin, only because my expectations my expectations for it are so high. Mm. Um, I I still would probably score it higher than what I assume Loki is going to be. You know, based on what where One Division ultimately went and what mm. Falcon and Winter Soldier was. So, um, you know, th- say thumbs in the middle for for Lupin, insofar as it's following five thumbs ups. <laughs> it's the first kind of thumbs in the middle. Um, but the overall part two, do part two has been fairly uh, well received. <laughs> so I'm part two. Uh, part two. Um, so I I still have hopes that episodes you know seven through ten are going to be you know as good as it previously was. But um, yeah, that's uh, what I watched, and then me and Natty got back on the Lost season four train. We are on the finale, which we're going to watch tomorrow. Um. But yeah, season four of Lost is very, very strong as well. Like like Lupin, there's only maybe one or two episodes that are a bit like middle of the pack fillery feeling. Every other one is like progressing the plot in a in a very um, meaningful way. And uh, God, I love that show. Love, love, love that show. Uh, and I see somebody else has started watching a show which is somewhat Lost adjacent, and I'm very excited to hear about it. Yes, that would be that would be me. Um, Ooh, very good. Since we finished the old, uh, what's it called, Dawson's Creek, 
needed a new uh, show with at least 100 episodes to, f- to fill the void. One of those right. shows you think, oh, I can't be bothered to look through Netflix and find something. Let's just pick something with a lot of episodes. Yeah. So we started watching uh, Fringe, which um, I believe was, was it 2008, 2009 sort of era. It's the one of stars around then, yeah. Yeah, to 2008. Um, but it stars um, Joshua Jackson, you know, of Dawson's Creek yes. fame. Um, which is partly what inspired us to watch it. Um, <laughs> it's it's essentially it's, like, it's created by J.J. Abrams, uh, which is the Lost Connection kind of Paul yeah. alludes to. Um, kind of interesting show. It's a, it's very X Filesy, um, but also incredibly weird and silly and a bit silly. It doesn't have that kind of um, the sort of intrigue or that kind of zeitgeist of the X Files. Like it, it kind of wants to be that, but it's a bit silly. Yeah. Um, but not, nevertheless, it's still uh, still quite enjoyable. Yeah. Um, that it's it's just kind of there is a big kind of conspiracy storyline running through it, but most episodes are actually a standalone kind of almost like a monster of the week or yeah, a, a you know, f- phenomenon of the week kind of um, show. Yeah. So yeah, probably I don't know seven eight episodes in and um, kind of enjoying it. So we will we'll probably see it through to the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's a strange one, and I like I like Joshua Jackson in it, but he's kind of turned up the the pacey to to eleven, I think, to to compensate for some slightly weak, you know, character development. He's he's doing his his little chuckle, little pacey chuckle. He's he's you know rolling his eyes a lot. Right. Um, but um, yeah interesting show I look, I look forward to seeing kind of where it goes and i look forward to it getting even weirder because it started off absolutely fucking mental <laughs> as, as we know most tv shows get a bit weirder as they go on because they yes. have to keep you know pushing the pushing the envelope so i look forward to seeing where it gets to sort of season three or four and if it goes off a cliff but uh yeah decent so far right i'll give you my brief thoughts on it because i watched the entire show of fringe mm-hmm. uh i adore it First of all, he loves it. Um, love a bit of French me. Uh, great cast. You mentioned Joshua Jackson, who I think is really good in it. So yeah. I don't know if I don't remember how if he was super different in season one compared to later on, but I thought he was very solid. Uh, Anna Torv is great in it as yeah. well. Um, more recently, she was in Mind Hunter, I think. Yes, the David Fincher show. And then best of the bunch, John Noble. Um. He's fucking really good, isn't it? John Noble. Mm. He's he's my favorite. Um, yeah, it absolutely uh, goes off off a cliff, and not in terms of quality, but yeah, as you alluded to, in terms of uh, madness. Um, it, it, I'm not sure when exactly, mm. um, but it you know obviously initially there were the very very clear X Files comparisons, right? Yeah. It does actually just end up dropping the uh, monster of the week right. framework at some point. And just instead dives really deeply into its own mythology. And so it becomes far more mm. serialized. Like you said, there's like mm. a conspiracy kind of in the background. That whole story gets pushed right to the front. And they forget about all the all the Monster of the Week stuff. And so it, it, it quickly enough becomes its own defined thing. Very different from X-Files. Mm. Um, and I actually prefer where it goes. Like I, Those latter series to me are when, where the show really shines. Because it it um once it kind of unshackles itself from what people expect it to be, uh, it goes in really interesting directions and is is basically unlimited in what directions it, it can go because of mm. the kind of show it is. 
in terms of um, pseudoscience and all of that. So it can really go in all directions, and it does. Um, nice. God, I, I wish I could watch it again, like delete my memory of it and just start from the beginning because um, I really, really loved that show when it was on. And I don't. I think it's a show that doesn't quite get the um, get the respect it, uh, or or you know recognition that it deserves. Uh, you know, outside of just being called like a, a, a subpar X Files or an X Files knockoff, yeah. I think I think it's much more than that. Um, and I'll be excited to hear what you think of it and where it goes. But I I thoroughly loved that show. I thought it was excellent. Happy days. Nice, nice. And other than that, watching a bit of Thirty Rock. Which um, oh. always good. Oh, it's so good. It's like a bit like Arrested Development when I go back and watch it. Um, kind of remember how good it is. Just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Laugh out loud. Quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, Alex, Alec Baldwin is so fucking good. Oh, God. I tell you um, what, looking at our rundown today, if even the Telegov section is just as if you asked me, Paul, write down four of your favorite TV shows. <laughs> it's <laughs> from very fun. 2000, from 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lupin. Oh God, I love I love all of those shows. I'm yeah. very happy to see them. See them get mentioned. But yeah, Thirty Rock. Love love Thirty Rock. One of the one of the most effortlessly entertaining shows I think there's ever been. Super watchable. I think I like it more than uh, the rest of them. Is that all for Telly? Should I say it out loud? Is that a hot take? Hot take. Oh. <laughs> anyway. That all, all the TV we have? Yep. Okay. Um, well, let's get to the game goof. As it's yes, called, the game goof. As it's called in French. Um, so let's talk quickly about E3, Barry. You obviously have streamed your, your reactions, so I'm going to ask you to uh, replicate those in a very authentic and real way <laughs> with me okay. on the air now. Okay. Uh, anyway, oh, so here we are. Oh, we're watching uh, uh, Ubisoft. Uh, it's it's really great. Uh, it's been yeah, it's all right. They've shown some good stuff. So that's good. Stuff. No Splinter Cell yet, though. Am I right, kids? No. So we what's up with that? I mean, but they're probably oh, it's Eve Guillemot. Bonjour, mon pal. You know, let's let's see the 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 Splinter Cell reboot. I'm I'm very excited about it. Also, maybe clean up your company. It seems people are misbehaving there a little bit. You could. You will probably you fix that. Uh, um, what what is this blue freak you're showing me? I, I, it's kind of a hideous uh, uh, troll monster. Um, yes, uh, Ubisoft's thing was uh, like fine, as fine as it usually is. Uh, most E3s, they showed some stuff that looked alright. And some stuff that looked all right within the with a big asterisk that like I don't really care about it like Rainbow Six. It's like, all right, that age on Rainbow Six as well. Especially yeah, that new one as well. But it, that like that last that siege is like a huge money maker. People yeah, fucking yeah. love that game, and it's like got an absolutely not only a giant uh, fan base but also a giant competitive scene and esports and and all this other stuff. It's huge. So fair enough. And so they talked about that, and then they were also. Like when they showed that like Rainbow Six zombie thing, it's like, oh, this is going to be different. But also, it's got destructible environments that you can use tactically, like Siege. If you like Siege, you should buy this as well because it's yeah. actually kind of similar. Like that's that's kind of what they're going for. Um, yeah, so all that stuff like looked fine, but like I I don't really care about it. 
Same with like Rocksmith. I was surprised at how long the Rocksmith thing was. Yeah. Um, like that's a very cool thing, but to me that's like an insanely niche thing to be talking about for like seven minutes on your stream. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. What else was there? Um. The thing I think I was most excited about on that was Riders Republic. Um, that looks great. That looks I'm really great. into that. Yeah. I love any extreme sports or motocross or goofy racing game. I'm I'm all about that. So yeah, yeah it, it looks like it has elements of like Tony Hawk's uh, SSX Tricky, mm. which are both games I really enjoy. So I'm definitely interested in that. Um, and then was it on the Microsoft one where there was like this other completely boring snowboarding game they showed off? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who was <laughs> who was making that. I can't remember, but yeah, it was kind of like. Um... It was like foam hand or something. Yeah, and it kind of looked funnily enough. Was it Ubisoft who put out Steep ages yeah, ago? Yeah, I think it might have been. Uh, which they made, and I, I, I don't think it was a gigantic flop, but it, it didn't, it didn't catch on. I don't no. think. Uh, so they, the, so they're coming back with now a wackier extreme sports game, and then someone else, yeah, is making what looked like, uh, which looked like Steep. If you told me it was Steep, <laughs> well, yeah, if you put a label on it, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Ubisoft was fairly tepid, and and like I just. I don't know what to say about the fucking avatar thing. I mean, what? Like what? I, I, I don't know who. My main takeaway from it was that they must be very confident that, that film is actually going to come out next year, like for real. Yeah. Um. If they're if they're going to do a well, I don't know if it's a tie in, but the fact that they're doing a game at all makes me think they must want to ramp up the talk about that franchise. Um. But how how bizarre? I mean, how completely? Yeah. I, I I would not have guessed if I had a hundred guesses. Yeah. I mean, Avatar came out in 2009 so this like you know avatar 2 or whatever it ends up being took 12 years to make um yeah i i i don't know i don't know that i care for an avatar game i think i don't even really care for avatar to be honest with you no no to me like yeah biggest film of all time at the time but it was like a complete novelty it was 3d was at its highest yeah i don't don't particularly care for Avatar. um marion rabbits I play a little bit of. I never completed, but the fact that there's a sequel coming maybe gives me some incentive to go back and try and beat that. Well, I did. I did enjoy what I played of it, but I wasn't mad about it. Um, Microsoft, yeah. you know, I thought the Microsoft was okay. Um, I thought I thought the Microsoft was excellent. To be fair, I, it was I, excellent I, insofar as how many of their games are going to be available day one on Game Pass, and really yeah. reinforcing how much of a boon that is for them. Um, I obviously like Bethesda, so I'm super into you know Starfield. I'll I'll buy day one once I have my Xbox because it's exclusive. Yeah, it's gonna have to. Yeah, and and now now the people and also that new arcane thing that the big stinger at the end that yeah. was ex- exclusive as well. Yep. Um. So and now the it's I mean this is game is possibly a fucking decade away, but now now everyone who likes Elder Scrolls is like oh fuck. Oh fuck! I'm gonna it's have to get an, an Xbox. Xbox. I'm gonna yeah. have to get a fucking Xbox. But I mean, that's um, a, that's the thing, right? That is legitimately one of the biggest game franchises in the world. Like Skyrim, however yeah. many millions of units that sold, Elder Scrolls Six is gonna be huge. So that's a that's a really big thing for for Microsoft. So so much so that I do wonder if they will keep it elsewhere because you know because Microsoft also owns Minecraft and you can run that on a toaster these days. I mean they put yeah. that out on, on everything and they and when they bought it they came out and said we're like we're not taking this off because it's a license. Yeah. Well money. it was it was out on everything prior to them buying it. So it's a yeah. bit of a more complicated situation. I it's guess. a bit but I, I wonder would they think like 
would we really sell enough Xboxes to justify the money we would lose not putting it on PlayStation? And maybe they think they would. And it may, and you know what? They probably would because that is – I don't think there's too many killer apps these days for, for – I don't think – really, I think people are just into the system for whatever reason. I don't think people buy a PlayStation to play Last of Us. I think they, no. they buy a PlayStation because they want a PlayStation. But that's why, that- that's why I bought a PlayStation originally. That's why I bought the PS3. I bought the PS3 quite late in the life cycle. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're proving me wrong. That was my that was my first PlayStation. I'd never had PlayStation. I didn't have PS1 or PS2, and I had Xbox 360. Mm. Uh, and I only I only bought my PS3 in like 2011. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember why I switched. I don't. I don't think it was for because my fucking 360 broke about seven times. Well, yeah, I had that, and also I wanted. <laughs> I, wanted I wanted a Blu-ray player as well, which is the other yeah. Thing. But I, I um, you know, to play Uncharted and Infamous and but Last I think of if Us, the etc. If the sequel to Skyrim is only on one console, that I do believe is a legitimate um, console. Especially again, you know, because oh, you know, I I, I got a PlayStation, but yeah. you know, if I want to play Elder Scrolls, like the little Xbox, it's only three hundred quid. You know, I can get that, yeah. and then and then you have in the back of your head after a presentation like this is like, oh, but I can also not fork out eighty quid. I can pay a tenner for yeah. a month of Game Pass and also get the ten billion other things they showed. Um, yeah, I was, actually, I was I was watching it with with Brona, and she was asking me. She was like, "So does like all the Microsoft stuff go on Game Pass?" And I was like, "And I was because I was like really blown away by this presentation." I was like, "Yeah, it does." But they have a now shocking amount of other company stuff coming day one as well. Like yeah. that twelve that twelve minutes game, which I feel like has looks been at, great as well. It looks great. It's been at like ten E threes. That's a day one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the back back for blood, which is the type of thing usually when a game like that rolls around, and it's like. Emphasis on co-op. You got to get your buddies on. Oh, I don't know if I want to buy it. Oh, he said he might buy it. They said they may not buy it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we all bought it. Can we all get on at the same time? Usually, I can't be arsed. But now, like, most of my friends have Xboxes, and they all have Game Pass. So now it's like, okay, Back for Blood is out next month. Get it. Just, yeah, just get it. Free for everybody. Free for everyone. And Because we, we did that with Outriders, a game, first of all, I wouldn't have touched in a million years and have not touched since because yeah. it's not that good. But again, when when everyone just has a subscription service for a tenner, you can just say download it. If it's shit, we never play it again. But whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, I think they so. said. It, I think they said at the end they showed thirty games and twenty seven of them are coming to Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. And the only outliers are. Did they show Far Cry? They did. They showed Far Cry. Far Cry that Six. One. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's really it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. No, they uh, really have some um some developers that I already have quite a fondness for that are suddenly you know having been bought by Microsoft are suddenly Xbox exclusive. So you know, Obsidian being one. That Outer Worlds two trailer was very funny. Yeah. The only funny. thing they've come up with is the name, the Outer Worlds yeah. two. So, yeah, very good. I I thought that game was really good. Really fun. I, I was I was as I was watching that trailer, I was like, oh yeah, I should go back and finish it. But I was like, uh, it's so it's so far deep in the queue now yeah, that I, yeah, I don't yeah. see myself going back. But it was well, they also good. made they also made the South Park games, so they yeah. kind of take all the boxes for me. Obsidian and um, Fallout New Vegas, obviously, it's going to be on yeah. Game Pass. Actually, that was the other the other final kind of Game Pass note was that when they bought Bethesda, they put like half the catalog yeah, on. But then either. during the presentation, they're like Fallout 3. The first two Fallouts as well, like yeah. like there's some really awesome. They weren't so even that, made by Bethesda. They were yeah, Black Isle Studios, I think. So so now it's kind of like this incredibly deep uh, uh, mixed catalog of, of stuff was just added, you know, like a snap of their fingers. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other stuff. I mean, again, it was it was less kind of I I don't think there was a singular game that kind of wowed me, but it was more kind of just lots of stuff to just look good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like exactly, exactly. Uh, Stalker. What was that weird? Like it, the sprites were were pixel art, but it had like modern like ray traced lighting. Whatever oh, that thing was, God. resend or restored or something, something like that. It was like called. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that looked amazing. Um, uh, something, yeah, something Microsoft hasn't done that much of. Like they leaned into a lot of here's cool indie shit. Here's really stylish, slick, small games. Um, yeah, so they were. I, I was, I was very happy with them. Uh, I'm not a Halo person, but they had an extensive Halo. Uh, they had a Halo yeah. demo that was not as as make funnable as as the previous <laughs> one. Yeah, true. Um, do you watch any of the Square Enix? Yes. Uh, 25 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I was like, oh, that seems all right. Oh, wow, this is going on a bit. Um, <laughs> there, was, I, there was really nothing on that that I cared about. I did, I, I did appreciate on Square Enix, and I think Ubisoft as well, even though I wasn't blown away by most of Ubisoft. A lot of stuff at this E3, it's like, here's the reveal. In the case of Guardians, we literally just revealed it. It was never even spoken before. And yeah. a lot of it's out in two months, three months, or by Christmas. Yeah. Um, like Riders Republic, they showed extensively, and then it was out in September, I think. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, it didn't look amazing. You know, it's out. It looks basically done, which I thought was kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, why do all these Marvel properties exist in this weird gray area where I kind of feel like they have to use the movie roster, but they don't have the movie license? I know. Um, it was the same with the Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy and it was the same with the Square Enix Avengers too it's like using the very specific characters but not the faces Uh, and also like that's fine like I think their Drax actually looks kind of cool and the Gamora looks kind of cool the Star-Lord looks terrible I mean he's got a big ridiculous fucking quiff Um, like I know like fair enough you didn't want to do or you probably couldn't do Chris Pratt so you have to make him look a little bit different he looks like such a twat though he looks like such a Mm, I mean I don't know. I think Gamora. I think Gamora and Drax have the same problem as I had with the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy, where they just look like Poundland Batista and yeah. <laughs> Poundland Zoisadana, you know, and with, with um, you know, a the a black streak that isn't you know done stylistically or whatever. It's just a black thing across her face. It's like, it looks yeah, like, it looks a bit cheap to me. Where Star Lord at least looked like you know, a knob, but looked like he belonged, the character model looked like it belonged in a modern game. Sure, yeah. Um, also, all the, uh, maybe it's just because as a culture, we've, we've OD'd on Marvel, but a lot of the humor and stuff in that little presentation, I was yeah, like, I know. Uh, I this about. isn't, this isn't doing it for me. And then, funnily enough, then once like the gameplay started, I was like, well, this actually looks all right. You've got, like, you've got like little hotkeys for, okay, I want to use this person in a combo. I was like, that's, that's, that's all right, but it, uh, also, very weird. They had like a they have like a telltale thing, like where it's like yeah, the, the rocket will Mass Effecty style. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I I don't know. I was kind of like I was kind of not super impressed with the stylings and the comedy, but the the game aspect of what they showed looked all right. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Everything else in Square, no real interest. A lot of very confusing trailers for for mobile games and ports, and then a Final Fantasy prequel that looked insane. Yeah, uh, and they are soldiering on with Avengers. Um, the uh, the Black Panther thing for Avengers looked cool, but not at all. I'm not going to buy Avengers to play no, it. You know, so. absolutely not. Um, and, and then of was... course the main event is tomorrow. Which is what? 
Come on, Nintendo, don't let us down, you sons of ah, bitches. Ah, yes. I I don't think they will let us down because I think they will show off that new Switch. Um, I think they will let you down if you were expecting anything else at all. Um, <laughs> no, they, they will have said, they've tweeted multiple times that it's going to be software only. Oh, did they? Um, oh, okay. Yes, okay. They did. And if <laughs> if there's no Breath of the Wild 2 stuff, there's going to be mobs with pitchforks outside of Nintendo Studios, I feel. I... After, after last time where he was like, oh, we don't have that yet. Anyway, shit game. Have to admit it is. I don't think they're going to have Breath of the Wild 2. They, they, don't be saying that. You're going to jinx it. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Saying it will be there is jinxing it. Anyway, speaking of Final Fantasy and Square Enix, I finished that game this week. Which one? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I'm done with it. Done, done, done. Um, I really enjoyed it by the end, honestly. I kind of got into the, the story and the characters of it. Um, gameplay was kind of fun throughout, as I had mentioned before. Um, definitely, you know, in hindsight, definitely moving it down to easy difficulty was the way to go because, it's, you know, the last maybe two hours of the game is really just like a boss rush. So that would have taken me... 10 hours to be on normal difficulty probably so yeah um yeah i think it was you know i obviously never played final fantasy 7 on ps1 as i mentioned earlier didn't have one um but i think remake really is is stands you know on its own feet as a really solid adventure action game with rpg tendencies i don't think it's you know compared to the original i don't think it's an all out and out rpg in the true sense of the word there's a lot of western action influences in there which make it a bit more accessible um and i thought yeah by by the time i'd been you know 30 hours give or take um i thought it was a damn fine game um so we'll see what happens next although that um dlc they're bringing out is as it turns out ps5 exclusive so i'm not gonna have a chance oh is it really yeah i looked it up and uh it's only come to ps5 so i don't have a chance to play that that seems so very, fuck you, Square, you bastards. But, that um, seems like a, a dumb way to do it for a console. That's maybe so maybe they'll do a Godfall on it, and they'll have to walk it back later when no one fucking buys it. Oh, how, how embarrassing <laughs> is that? I, I, like, back-porting a game to try... Some people are, like, porting it up. Like, Life yeah. is Strange is getting... Did you see that unbelievably, like, like in the Square Enix E3 presentation, they're like, uh, fucking Life is Strange. I'm like, oh, okay, let's take a look at this. And they do this, like, wipe from original version to remastered version. I was like... Yeah. I was like, oh, there's like a, a speck looks, of light on it looks face. the same. <laughs> it's like, is this a joke? Is this like a Devolver Digital fucking yeah. gag trailer or something? Um, and then I looked it up after the fact, and it, it's not even like it's not on PS5. It's so you, you like it's a shinier version on the existing consoles. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's ridiculous. Um, the only the only positive I could see to it is that if it's if it's the price of one game, they are throwing before the storm in there. Okay. As if that's that's only all right. Like it's not that's not like an amazing game. Yeah. Um. Very weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's my game, Final anyway, Fantasy VII, all done. Uh, I never. I have only ever played the first hour of that, and I have a PS5. The irony of it. Yeah. Um. I'll give you my PS5. You can play as whatever her name, Yuffie. Yuffie. I don't know. I never played it very. I don't know what okay. the character's name is. <laughs> she's not in. She's not in the main game, so I don't. Know. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's. Anyway, uh... Tell me about Ratchet and Clank, you son of a bitch, because I love oh, that yeah. PS4 one. On the on, on that on that subject, it's great. It's it's really fantastic. It's um, 
it is very very pretty um it has i was about to say it has very fast it doesn't really have loading times i suppose is the is the thing um and all those bells and whistles aside it is just a very nice satisfying ratchet and clank game smash lots of boxes with all the fancy particle effects and uh, beautiful 60 frames per second, the particles go everywhere. You grab them. Um, you know, you've got a variety of wacky guns that can be upgraded. And then you have your, um, your set pieces, your vehicle segments, your boss fights, things like that. Uh, one thing I did appreciate, uh, I just got to a somewhat open area that kind of looks like a traditional cartoony platformer area the first two hours are bang 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 it's like it's almost like naughty dog pacing it's like it's like okay here's a cutscene set piece set piece okay here's another cutscene a little bit of a level that you can actually jump around in set piece set piece set piece cutscene 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 it's like it goes it's really really going and so i finally got to a part part where you're playing as uh, rivet the new character and it's actually slowing down it's like okay now you can explore around here's optional side because oh you go over here you get some more currency to upgrade your guns but you don't have to do that uh, so yeah, it re- it really moves, and it's one of those ones. I will say, I mean, it's kind of become a bit of a joke how if you if you cut out games that are also on the PS4 and you cut out games that are also on the Xbox, the amount of just PS5 games is tiny. It's absolutely yeah. fucking tiny. But like Returnal, Ratchet and Clank is one of those ones that when you get the controller in your hand and you put the fucking PS5 headset on and you're like, okay, this is next next genny. It's not yeah. just shiny. The, the the rumble and the trigger stuff is phenomenal. It feels great. I'm constantly surprised at how the controller is a thing. I'm really excited about when it comes to playing a native PS5 game. And also the uh, uh, the big selling point I know in all the trailers was the kind of uh, zipping through kind the of portals shifting, yeah. And yeah, with their you know solid state drive, they don't have to load in new areas. Uh, that stuff is really impressive. It's instantaneous, and uh, you've kind of seen the ones where it's like a combat arena right so you're zipping around a combat arena yeah. uh with with no with no loading or no and that stuff's really great but what's kind of even more impressive is the game has like little optional areas so i'm in this big explore around uh kind of jungle environment uh now and it's you know uh, and then you kind of discover off the area oh there's a little rip in time and you can go through it and there's like an optional like area and it's almost like you're in a, a time space void right and it's like mm. a, a kind of harder than usual platforming challenge and it looks different it has different enemies different music and you kind of you jump you get a bonus item and then you loop back around to the entrance and then you're just back in jungle worlds where you were uh, beforehand with no loading no transition no uh squeezing through a cave while it loads in assets oh uh, my god that none of that stuff it is literally you can do uh, the homer simpson australia america jump in and out uh, <laughs> of, of the two environments, um, right. yeah, it's 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 really impressive how even though they are limited, like Returnal is another example. Every native PS5 game does make you go, "Oh fuck, this is this is cool. This is actually legitimately impressive," and not just in a hey, the water in this game is shinier than it was on a PS4. Like it's there's like legitimate quality of life stuff that's actually kind of incredible. Uh, yeah, so it's great. Uh, uh, thumbs up on that. I, I I'm about three hours in now nice. uh and i think i think there'll be replay value to it because there's lots of uh side quests there's lots of unlockables there's lots of collectibles it's a platforming game you know you can you can go back i'm sure and, yeah. uh, and get stuff so uh, yeah that's uh that's all i've really been uh been playing this week nice right lads are you ready for a little quiz <laughs> i'm ready. ready we're ready yeah. you can both hear each other yeah i have i have joe in my head I have Barry loud and clear. Just to confirm. Okay, so 
I don't have a name for the quiz this week. I didn't have time to come up with it. I came up with the quiz itself and the concept of the quiz. Uh, but unlike Risk It for Gerald Brisket, <laughs> um, or, you know, whatever. Uh, what, what was the other one? Uh, Our Truth Out of Three False. Oh, that one. That was um, this is just a nameless quiz, right? Uh, it is an AEW-themed quiz, though. So I'd expect you guys who have watched every AEW broadcast to be uh, to be on top of this one. So the rules of the game are thus. There are two rounds, uh, and the aim of the game is for you to list as many people under the category that I give you as you can, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the catch is, right, on each turn, you can wager... To guess either one, two, or three names. If the three names you get are correct, you get three points. If the two names you guess are correct, you get two points. And if the one name you guess is correct, you get one point. So it's up to you on your turn to say, I'm going to guess three names and then give me three names. The catch is, if one of the names is incorrect, you get zero points. And I will not tell you which Oh, which singular or plural were incorrect, so they are up for grabs for your opponent. Oh, I hate that guy. Fiendish, the, fiendish Chris. Are the rules understood? Yes. Just so, there are two rounds, so one person can go first in round one, and one can go first in round two. Um, round one, there are 22 possible answers. Round two, there are 30 possible correct answers okay so who'd like to go first in round one before i tell you what the round actually is i I can go first i guess all right barry's gonna go first so the entire quiz is based around since we just had double or nothing very recently the entire quiz is based around double or nothing 2019 aw's first ever pay-per-view okay so round one is entrance in that year's Casino Battle Royal. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Uh, So, Barry, you're first. Do you want to guess one, two, or three names, keeping in mind the stipulations that I outlined for you earlier? Oh, my God. Okay. 2019 Casino Battle Royal. I'm trying to remember remember the card and then process of elimination. There are 21 possible answers, obviously, because there's a 20 and then... Uh, I'm going to say two. Okay, Barry's going to go for a two. Give me the two names. Okay, I'm straight away after realizing my error because the first name I was going to say was definitely in a match. Okay, mm-hmm. let me, uh, okay, uh, Joey Janela okay. and Luchasaurus. Okay, Barry, that is two points. They are both correct. Joe, over to you. That was literally seen in my pants because I, <laughs> as I was about to say the name, I was like, "Nope, that person." The man. Um. Oh God. See, I was going to say Joey Janela. Uh, I can't really remember this one at all. Um, I'm going to say one just to get a point on the board. Okay. And that one is Glacier. That's correct, Joe. Barry, back to you. Um, And just to say, as usual, the the round will end when 
both of you pass. And of course, you have the option to pass if you want. Okay. Um. Okay, I've got one. Do I want to take a chance? Oh, a second. No, I don't think I do. Uh, I've only got one. Uh, one. Okay. One for Barry. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is correct. One point for Barry. Joe, over to you. That was one of my other answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll I'll take a. Is he in it? No, I'll go. I'll go for one, and I'll go for Jimmy Havoc. Also correct. One point for Joe. Uh, I've I'll go one as well. Yeah. Um. Oh, I've already forgotten. Um. No, sorry. I'll go two. Two for Barry. Oh. Okay. Um. I, I legitimately have to just forget what my first one was. Um. I, one of them, I'm gonna say Marco Stunt. Okay. And the other one. Oh, that's so annoying. How have I? Pre- oh, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon. That's incorrect, Barry. Ooh. Zero points. Ooh. Joe, back to you. Okay, I'm going to go one. I'm going to go Evil Uno. That's incorrect, Joe. Ah, Zero points for you. Barry, mm. back to you. Uh, oh, God. So we've got, we've got five so far out of the 21. <laughs> Pitiful performance here. <laughs> Absolutely fucking pitiful. Yeah. Um, see the, the the roster has changed. Like I I keep I'm thinking of like AEW mid characters, but so many of them debuted during the pandemic. Yeah. That, uh, this was pre dynamite, of course. Yeah, that's really making this stuff. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Pass for Barry Joe. I'll go for one, and I'll go for Marco Stunt. That is correct, Joe. One point. Yeah. Oh, I knew that was right as well. Oh, I'm fucking Peter Avalon prick. Um, <laughs> all right, score is three three. Barry, back to you. All right, let me see if I can get back on the get back here. Okay, come. Twenty nineteen. Who's in that fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the fucking company? Uh, well, that's yeah. That is really what the what the question is. Um. Uh, one uh, MJF. That's correct. For a point for Barry. Shit. MJF was indeed. Joe, over to you. Um, I'll go for one point. Sammy yeah. Guevara. That is incorrect, Joe. That's my shoe. Shit. Yeah, he was who I was going to say uh, well, my first pick, and then I literally last second stopped myself. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, for one point, I'll say Brandon Cutler. That's correct. One point for you. Uh, one point for me. Billy Gunn. Ah, also correct. One point for yeah. you. Billy Gunn was indeed in that match. As was uh, Brandon Cutler. 
I'll have to hold him. I'll have to squeeze him. <laughs> uh, for one point, I'll say Sunny Kiss. That's correct, also. Yeah, good one. All right, we're, we're scoring well now. We're on a we're 10, correct? Okay, more there are, there are 11 remaining. Um. Uh, I'm going to get his name wrong, but... Uh, I'll, I'll allow it, I'll allow it. One, one, okay, um, Rick Rude. No, one <laughs> one point, um, Michael Nakazawa. And you got it correct, that is his name. Oh, yeah, that's just name. One point for Joe. Hmm. So the score at the moment is six to five for Barry. Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for three. Oh, okay. Okay. Big boy. Big boy. Because I think if one of them is in, all of them is in. Okay. She, uh, Shima, T Hawk, and Lindemann. It's incorrect, Barry. No points for you. So I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember if they were. If they were because they've yeah. they only had like two appearances in the whole company. <laughs> Sorry, but I said I'd give it a go. No points for you, Joe. Um, Tie it up. Do you have one in your in mind? Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, what's his name? Uh, one point. Yeah, Jack Evans. Now incorrect. I'm oh, shit. Um. Uh, I can remember a couple of matches. So every time I. I so, but but like my limited memory of who yeah. was in the company at this time are people who was in who were in matches. Yeah, don't talk too much about the matches anyway. That might be no, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, but also, I don't want to give away people that Joe might yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, what about uh, for one Hangman Page? Yes, correct. Ah, he shit. won. He won the match, I believe. That yeah, I was trying to remember I was like, <laughs> who would believably have won. It would have been him. Yeah, yeah it was. Big one there. Um, right. Who else have we got? Uh, oh, was, did he debut? Shh. Uh, I got one point. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears. Yeah, correct. Yeah, very good. Uh, very good. The chairman. <laughs> the chairman, of course. The chairman. Yeah. Um. Uh, are we are we coming to the end of round one? Do we think? Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass again. I because I, uh, I I just uh, the, all all I can think of are potential answers for other stuff. Okay, Joe, do you have any more in the tank? Um. Not too many, but I mean, I don't lose any points, right? No, you don't. Wrong, so I might as well have a guess. I'll go. I'll go for a two. Okay. And I'll go for private party. Both correct. Oh, oh, he's come baby. back. He's come back. Joe takes the lead, eight to seven. Oh, son of a bitch. Barry, over to you. Private party, both. Yeah, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn were both. This in is there. a private party. Oh my god, is that private party? <laughs> <laughs> I missed their old team. 
Yeah, they're all before they got lumbered with fucking Michael P.S. Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, There's only six more correct answers, by the way. uh, Okay, how about for one? Yeah. Darby Allen. Incorrect. Ah. Sorry, Barry. Sorry, but no. Darby. Um, I'm going to pass. I just I can't think of anyone. Okay, Barry. I'll pass as well. Pass. Okay. So the score at the moment, like I said, is 8 to 7 to Joe, I believe. Oof. Let's still check that. Oof. Yep. 8 7. The ones that we missed out on, right? Uh, to be fair. I think only two of them are still in the company. Uh, Ace Romero. Okay. okay. Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Dustin Thomas. Who the fuck is that? That's the, the guy with no legs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was oh, there. no leg man. Yeah. Sunny Days. Who was no like a, who he had like, he's like a chunky clown makeup guy. Oh, that guy fucking sucks. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. And Orange Cassidy was in that. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, 8 7 to Joe. Now we go to, you guessed it, people who wrestled on all the other matches on the show. Okay. Including pre show matches. So any match that night, excluding the Battle Royal. Joe, you're up first this time. One, two, or three. Um, uh, I'll go... Oh, fuck. What was even the main... I'll go three. Okay. Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen. That's incorrect. Whoa! <laughs> no points. No points. Uh, I'll go three. Go for it, Bert. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. The American Nightmare Cody. Okay. And Mr. Kip Sabian. That's three points for Barry. That's correct. Fucking bastard. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. There was no Darby Allen on this show. Well, why not? That's <laughs> um, <laughs> right, shit. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'll go three. Yeah. I'll go um, Kenny Omega. Yes. And the Young Bucks. That's correct. Three points. Quite an educated uh, guest there, I would say. Yeah, no. <laughs> probably will, the other uh, VPs from the other card. I will go three as well. Okay, very. I will go the Lucha Brothers and Samuel Guevara. And that is correct, also. Shit. Phoenix, Pentbag on, and Sammy Guevara all were on the show. Three points. Joe, back to you. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got one. You got a one. I've got one, but who? Wait a minute. Who do you wrestle? Why don't I remember? This show, <laughs> it's like a blur. Um, 
Um, I don't know who wasn't there. I remember who debuted afterwards, but I just can't remember who was on that show. Oh, I go one for Chris Jericho. That's correct. Um, you wrestled Kenny Omega, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which has already been guessed by you, Joe. <laughs> so. I, I was I was going to plump for that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll go... Mm. Mm. I will go three. Go for mm. it. Emi Sakura, Hikaru Shida, Aja Kong. And that is correct for three points. <laughs> All of those Bastard. ladies on the show. <laughs> Hikaru, Emi Sakura and Aja Khan. Yeah. Um, I have to risk it, go for two. Risk it for Gerald Biscuit. I'll go uh, Evil Uno and Studos. No, I'm afraid they weren't. Fucking oh. bastard. Oh. I mean, at least one of them was not on it, is what I mean. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be telling you if it's both of them. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they weren't on. <laughs> they weren't on it. I uh, I'll go for three, although it's not a Fuck. certain go for it. three. Bastard. Um, Ryu Mizunami, Riho, and Yuka Sakazaki. It's correct, very. Right? <laughs> they're, they're all there. They're all there. Come on, Joe. You got to fucking get this back here. Don't let this lad win. Come on. <laughs> they hate to see me win, folks. Towner. Towner. I don't, I don't remember, Towner. remember any of these. How could there be 30 people on this show outside of the Battle Royal? There were. Was this like six hours on this fucking show? I don't re- remember this. There was lots of, there were lots of multi-person. There were some multi-multi-mans. Yeah. Multi-womans. Um... I don't know. Fucking one point Nyla Rose. Correct. Okay. Uh, who did Nyla wrestle on that show? Uh, bleh, 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 bleh. Nyla Rose. She wasn't in that six person tag, I don't think. Uh, one, I'll say Britt Baker. Correct. Shit. Okay. Um, ooh, I have to pull one out of the bag here. Go for it. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. here we go, here we go. Right, I'm gonna go for three. Right. Oh, ho, ho, ho. oh. <laughs> I'm going to go for Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you know the what, the black guy. <laughs> Are you saying SCU? Is that your Basically guess? Basically SCU, yeah. That's correct. Three points. Yeah! Uh, SCU were on the card. Yeah, Chris, Chris Daniels, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Scorpio Sky. <laughs> yeah, they were on it. Yes, correct. Very well. Very well worked out. Uh... 
I've no fucking clue who they wrestled. Um, uh, uh, two. Okay. Chuck Taylor and Trent. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Best, best friends. Well, Aaron Cassidy was on the uh, the bam, other cards. So. Um, um, I'll go for two. Okay, Joe. Jack Evans and Angelico. Ah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Well yeah, done. boy. Yeah. The hybrid two. Okay, so there's one, two, three, four. Five more answers only remaining. We're doing much better on this one than we did on the battle royale. Because uh, the majority of them are still in the company, to be fair. That's the difference between the main yeah. card and the fucking geek battle royale. Uh, this is a complete guess. I don't think this is right, but I'll just have a go anyway. Okay. Uh, for one, Peter Avalon again? No, incorrect. Incorrect, okay. Sorry. Joe, what you? Um... Hmm. I go one point. Yeah. Cole Cabana. No, I'm afraid no, it wasn't. Correct, it wasn't yeah. Worth a guess, but he wasn't there. Very, very worth a guess, but unfortunately, no. Uh, he only de- debuted later during the Dynamite yeah. era, yeah. I think. Just before the pandemic, I think he. Yeah. Uh, for one, I'm not sure about this, but I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get it anyway. Uh, the bastard pack. No, there's no pack. No pack. No, oh, no pack. Zero pack. Uh, you, 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 you. Um. I'm struggling here. Might have to pass. God, I can't remember if we already said, we said him during the Battle Royal, but I can't remember whether he was right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, let's just do it again. Ooh. I go one point, Jimmy Havoc. No, you got Jimmy Havoc was, was correct. He was incorrect. He was correct for the first I think he was Royal. wrong. I think he was wrong. Shit. Barry, got any idea who these final five might be? I absolutely do not. I'll have to pass. Okay. I'll pass as well. Nah, no Hail Mary, Joe? Nah, I don't think so. It's okay. not going to come today. I'll, I'll give you the answer. So so none of them are still with the company. You'll be unsurprised to hear. Okay. Uh, three of them, Barry, you mentioned in the Battle Royal as a guess. Ah. Uh, T-Hawk. El Lindo. Oh, yeah. And Chima. They were all. Oh, wow. now, that would have been a great fucking. I think they were against SCU. I think that's what one of you's wondered aloud. Yeah. Who did SCU yeah. wrestle? That was who they wrestled. Also on the show, Kylie Ray. Yes. And Awesome Kong, who was aligned with old Brandy Rhodes at the time. Yes. Yeah. She was cutting off mm. people's hair. So, final scores. Um, oh, you, you said Aja Kong, didn't you, Barry? I Barry thought, said Aja Kong. I awesome thought he said Kong. Awesome Kong. 
Well, I was uh, All right. fuck. both Kong sisters are on the show. <laughs> um, now the final result. It's it's closer than you might think, given how <laughs> round two seemed to go. Uh, the score is Joe eighteen, a very Ooh, respectable mm. eighteen. Barry only four ahead on twenty two. Okay, so I could have won it with those last five. I just needed two. Uh... You, you needed the you needed the the five to get it, unfortunately. But um, as you said, Aja and Austin were mixed up, and so it was it was doom. Or if you had got sunny days. In the uh, <laughs> yeah, so when we talk about some um, some AEW, oh, did I win that? Oh, I didn't realize you won. You won. Round. You won 20, <laughs> twenty-two to eighteen, Barry. All right, that was that was respectable. Joe did well in that first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he beat you in the first round, but the second round, you you, I think Joe with the first guess, um, throwing in Darby Allen is what screwed him because that that cost him two points. Yeah, yeah, which then Barry picked up. Um, so dynamite this week. Better, but still not great. No, um, I was thinking about dynamite in the week. Insofar as it's, I think lately it's it's not as necessarily become worse, but it's almost become more WWE feeling. I want to say, in a sense, yes. Um, whereas previously, you know. In the in the first, let's say the first year, there was there was definitely a, a, a TNT purity about it. It was definitely different. It felt different to WWE shows, and I'm not sure what it is lately. If it's the characters, the um, number of stipulation matches, the number of run-ins during matches, mm-hmm. or what it is about how the show is produced, but something about it, it's just kind of lost that that spark of of purity of innocence that it had um like we said right at the beginning aw needs to you know keep keep the goodwill of the fans that's the most important thing um and i don't know just like lately i don't think the show has taken a massive dip in quality per se it's just that intangible thing about the feel of the show to me is just and not in a good way yeah no i'm with you um, and I think it's kind of it's a little it's it's a death by a thousand cuts. I think. Um, I think I think there's a couple of things on the show that on their own wouldn't be too bad, but compounded into each other, it's just kind of like you know, like I could probably stomach the inner circle having to do a vehicle angle every single week. <laughs> If it wasn't also for the fact that like the Kenny storyline isn't working for me and the Cody QT thing is kind of spinning its wheels and like you said, the finishes are bad. And I'll add that all on top of each other and then when you see another fucking vehicle angle, I'm like, ah, oh, all right. Oh, okay. I'm kind of, yeah. It's it's getting it's getting precariously close to, to finding its way out of the weekly rotation. Uh, no, I don't know. For me, it's not, but... I do have concerns about it. I, I, I'm obviously gonna keep watching it. I still, uh, I, I don't think I would give it up as as easy as that. Um, but I would if I like out of the weekly rotation in the sense that I might watch a few clips here or there. When people say it's a good episode, I'll still watch it. Like if someone says a, there's a good episode of SmackDown, I'm not watching it. I don't care. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I would still watch a good episode of Dynamite, right. and I'm still watching weekly to be clear. But it's just I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting that, that, that. 
No, that's fair. I mean, look, sometimes you need a break from something, uh, uh, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, I don't necessarily feel that myself, but um, I, I just want it to be more appointment oh. viewing like it was rather than, you know, when you get into habit viewing of something and you're not doing it for the enjoyment and the excitement of doing it, then I think I think it's a very slippery slope. Um, I also, yeah, I think, as you said, the, uh, oh, they're smashing the limousine angle felt very, like, mid-90s. And again, not in a good way. I'm not sure that that works anymore, that the, the heels are mad that they smashed the windows of their limousine, the naughty children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like, for whatever about the, um, what do they call it? The bubbly, shooting the bubbly at them. They called. They called. They gave it a cute name for. I forget what it was. Like obviously that was a, a derivative knockoff angle, but at least it was. You know, I understand on a very very fundamental level why the heels are upset. They've had their their celebration ruined by the baby faces. Oh, and the baby faces run off into night. They, they they've got got one over the heels. Whereas like the pinnacle coming out in their suits and they're getting their expensive watches, like. A limousine gets the, gets the window smashed. Like, why do they care about that exactly? Yeah. What, what's the fundamental idea here of why this is um, an important milestone in their feud? That felt very lackluster to me. Um, also, the inner circle's slow um, devolution into, you know, what are, are they biker? Are they a biker gang? Are they... Like what are they exactly? What's what's the what does the inner circle represent now uh, as baby faces? Jericho's midlife crisis. They yeah, <laughs> they wear like leather um, vests. Leather, the leather daddies. Yeah, I don't know. They're very aces and eights all of a sudden. Yeah, um, that's not good. Like I, I, you know, fair enough. You you might argue it's it's just an aesthetic. It's just purely a, visu- a visual choice like they they wanted i think jericho mentioned they wanted the back in black theme like as their theme song (laughs) um but i don't again like maybe maybe i'm nitpicking maybe i'm looking too deeply into it but like when i you know when you watch any tv show and i think you know wrestling should be held up to the same standards as other tv shows I i don't think it's i think it's almost a disservice to wrestling to just be like oh it's wrestling don't worry about it just watch it and enjoy it. It's wrestling. You know, it's meant to be shite. Well, I don't yeah. think it is meant to be shite. I think that's unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I watch a TV show, I want to understand, you know, character motivations. Why does this character look this way? Why do they act this way? What What am I subliminally reading into this show? Because um, with any show, you, you obviously get out of it what, you know, the, what the, the screenplay is and what the director, um, you know, inputs into the show. But also I like to read into the show and or whatever show I'm watching and, and make up, you know, extra lores in my own head, even about what a certain character, what, what their motivation is based on what they wear, how they act, etc., etc. So I, I'm often looking for these kind of things. Like why do, why do I was going to call them aces and eights? Why do the inner circle wear these black vests all of a sudden? What's the reasoning behind it? What's why did they, you know, break the limousine windows? And it, it, it all just seems like they had uh, an idea of, well, Back in the day, uh, you know, DX broke the windows of the McMahon's limo or whatever. So let's do it again. It'll work like it worked back in 98. But it doesn't work in the context of what, you know, their feud is and what wrestling is in 2021. 
Um, and the inner circle, yeah, they they ultimately come off as annoying, kind of whiny. Uh, I don't know, dickheads. <laughs> yeah, and they come off like terrible, unfunny WWE baby faces. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Um, I still don't know why they don't like Ortiz talk, which again stood out to me like a sore thumb when the Pinnacle were out just before, and every one of them got a line. And then, Inner, well, Inner Circle didn't do a promo per se, but even in these little uh, backstage things, Ortiz just has never given anything to do. He's just there. Yeah. Um, which is very strange. Um, what else was on, on the show? Yeah, the Cody Rhodes um, segment where they brought out. Um, Aaron's son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who looks like he mows Aaron's lawn? Like, uh, like. <laughs> Or like, or caddies for him, or something. <laughs> he was dressed like the pool boy. Yeah, he's just right. like a, 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 admittedly quite tall, but he, he just dresses like a, a tall nerd. Like I, I, I mean, compare like this man has significantly better physical attributes, but compare him to the aura of Hook, and you're not even oh, talking in the same. Nah. Say, but Hook would stuff this oversized geek into a locker. <laughs> I think the thing behind it was like a lot of modern baby faces, I think, like to come off like they think if I dress well, I'm going to come off like a superstar. So they wear the expensive clothes. Blah, blah, blah. But he took the wrong tact, like the polo shirt, the khaki shorts, the little loafers. Um, and yeah. as you say, he just came off like a little preppy, just out of college, little preppy nerd boy, little milk boy, um, which I don't know. And also, then QT came out, and you know we don't have enough stipulation matches as it was, as I, I was debating last week about. Yeah, we're going to have a South, a South Beach Straff match. Like, okay, I understand that their feud has been going on, and to to be fair, this is probably the one feud where it makes sense that they would suddenly do a stipulation match, uh, as opposed to Nick Camarado hits Dustin Rhodes with a cowbell out of nowhere, and suddenly they're having a bull rope match. And isn't the strap match too similar to a bull rope match anyway? That, that, that was the other thing as well. They, they also had a very famous chain match a few months ago. Like, yeah. like let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's the, maybe, dog collar match, yeah. Yeah. Come on, though. God. They, they just, it seems like they just want to tick all the stipulation boxes as soon as they can. I don't know, in case they go out of business. So they can say they've done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... A bit annoying. Um, I couldn't tell you a single thing about the Christian Cage Angelico match. That completely yeah, washed over me. Like that, that's uh, at, that's at Helico for you, you know. But it was he, all right. He's a bit boring. Everything post Luge Underground. He needs to. See, he totally needs boring. to start jumping off the Titan Tron. I'm afraid the card yeah, Tron. He needs to have a thing to jump off. Um, yeah. yeah, the Eddie Kingston and and the 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 lads with the Young Bucks. I thought that match was pretty good. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Jungle Boy was okay in his <laughs> promo against the most annoying cartoon character. Why is every single week now Kenny is like he has the same energy as that one promo he caught on Hiroshi Tanahashi when he was when he was when he was he was pretending to be choking Tanahashi and then doing an impression of Kenny? Oh, goodness, like, what like that promo? Why does he have that energy every single week on Dynamite now? It's so annoying. 
And no, that's not good. I'm not I'm not itching to see him get beat up. That's the heat, man. I don't give a fuck. I'm close to not watching anymore. Um <laughs> He's very jittery, um, to be fair. And he talks yeah. too fast. As I've mentioned you know, before. And you know he's straight you know he, he like he's straight edge. Or he doesn't, he doesn't call himself that, but he doesn't drink or any of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, uh He could probably use a drink or I don't know. But, but my thing is like I like he's doing a bad impression of like a coked up eighties wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like uh, I, I, I don't uh, uh like I don't think he actually is, but it's just like oh I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then Jungle Boy gave him the uh the Botchmania line. Um you talk too much. Yeah. You never shut which, which as soon as he said it, I went into you, you never shut up. <laughs> oh boy, you talk too much. Uh, Lance Archer won a match in about 10 seconds. It was a good squash, though. Yeah, it beat the shit out of this lad. Um, and then I, I honestly couldn't tell you much about the uh, the women's match or the tag match main event. And I watched it. I swear I watched it, but I couldn't I can't even remember what the women's match was. Nyla Rose and Layla Hirsch. Oh, yeah, sorry, but it wasn't, it wasn't that amazing. Um, yeah, that was Dynamite. That was Dynamite. When, when's the next pay-per-view? Oh, no, they've got a load of uh, like uh, special yeah, TV shows. Every Dynamite in July is a special. Dynamite. Road Rager, which is when they're doing the rope match. Yeah, and um, then Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest, Fest two Fight weeks of Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen then as well. Yeah, they, that's what they did last year. They did two weeks of Fighter Fest as well, I think. Which is fair enough. I think, I think it might be tough to fill that with compelling matches, which they have not been doing lately, but... Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like they've been building towards it. No, um, they do have two weeks, two two. Uh, fr- well, they three weeks left this one, don't they? It's sort of Friday and then Saturday, Saturday, I think, and then into the uh, July shows. And then, like uh, the thing, uh, like when they do this cute uh, cutie <laughs> Cody QT match <laughs> is what I was trying to say there. Okay, like that kind of has to be it. Like they cannot have any more matches. Cody has beaten everyone, you know, um, uh, at that stage. And it's, you know, it's, it is beating a dead horse if they have that match and then they have a, or he wrestles a go-go again or something like that. Like, oh my God, like you've done it. You've done it now. Um, but we'll see how they feel those, those, that, yeah, like you said, the entire month of July, we'll see what they do. Like, I don't mind them trying to, um, you know, Get this group up and and get the wheels spinning on them in a good way, like getting them up and running. The the what are they, what are they called? Not the factory. What are they called? Uh, Q- QT Marshall's little group. That's the factory. Yeah, that's the factory. The yeah. factory. Um, like I think that's the one thing that's come out of this feud is that that group has been effectively set up. So I can't say that it's been like, you know, overall negative, but I definitely feel like it's at this stage been a, a waste of Cody. Um, he needs to be onto bigger and better things, and I understand he he wants to stick to that stipulation. He'll never challenge for the world title, but god damn it, if it's not a waste, if he's not challenging for the world title, that's he, he should be up there. To be yeah. honest, um, because this this is this is bottom tier stuff, um, interest wise, and you know, like Cody has. Been our wrestler of the year, I think, one of the years, one of the last years. Uh, he's done some of the best promos in the company. He's had some of the best feuds in the company, some of the best matches in the company. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I, I get why, you know, he's thinking, well, he's going to, he's going to help the people up, you know, but um, he's kind of been dragged down more as a result, I think. So I'd like to see him get back to something a bit more substantial, get him involved with um, Team Taz or something like that. Get him, get him a proper feud. This QT thing, as we said, once this strap match is over, move him on. Move him on. Um, one person who won't be at these uh, shows is the now retired Leo Rush. Yeah, that was weird. He got um, injured in the Battle Royale, apparently. Yeah, he got injured, um, and he's retired for like, I think like the second time in his relatively short career. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I don't know why. He said he's still going to do his New Japan obligations once he's... uh... Which is the other kind of funny thing. It's like, okay, you're you're retiring, but you're finishing these dates. Are you really going to retire once you finish those dates? Because it's like, you know... Or in a year's time, will he be in MLW again? Yeah. Because he's like 27 or something. Like, he's so young and so talented that I I don't know. He's weird, though, because when he did did it before, it kind of seems like he doesn't... He seems to like wrestling, but it doesn't seem to be the thing he really wants to do. He seems to want to be a musician, and he just wants to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's he, he, he's an unusual fellow, um, but he's also very talented. So, yeah, if he decides in a year, he's like, actually, I want to come back. <laughs> even, though he, even though he's kind of leaving some people kind of hanging, I think he would absolutely be welcome back, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And then, did we all watch Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah. Or have you started watching them, Joe? No, still not yet. Uh, I'm all caught up, yes. What did you make of that last one? Oh, it was pretty grim, wasn't it? Uh, uh, I mean, it was it was a step down in grimness from the Grizzly Smith one the week before. Uh, yeah, like, it was like less horrific crimes were committed <laughs> um, you know, they they were they were they were kind of two different shades of really grim because like the Grizzly Smith one, fifty shades was, of grim, yeah, yeah. Were, <laughs> the, the the Grizzly one was uh, you know pretty harrowing uh, and a pretty pretty much just kind of like a straightforward. Here are some victims telling their story with some reverence and some respect after a a, a lifetime of not really talking about it or. The story gets out here, there, and everywhere, um, yeah. and it felt like they took a little something from it, or at least I hope they did. Um, and there was, and it was just kind of like you know, obviously Smith is dead for uh, a number of years. Uh, it was kind of interesting to hear from the son who was taking care of him. Uh, you know, I guess because he felt like he had to. He certainly wasn't, you know, a defender of him or anything. Uh, so that relationship was kind of interesting, but I don't know. The Dynamite Kid one was different. It was less horrifying, but also it was kind of in some ways a little bit even more emotional because I feel like the people who were speaking about him were somewhat heartbroken about the way it all went down because they literally everyone who they spoke to, I felt like they had some kind of reverence for him as a person still. Yeah. which obviously was not present in the Grizzly Smith thing, obviously. So that made that one have a little bit more sense of tragedy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it than that, really. Um, 
yeah, I mean the the Grizzly Smith one was was kind of a, a darker tale in a sense, but had some light at the end of the tunnel with the um, the like I think they spoke about potentially reaching out to each other, the siblings. Mm. Um, whereas this one kind of started well and and ended badly <laughs> with you know obviously the everyone's seen dynamite in the wheelchair and yeah yeah shell of, and they showed a footage of him then in um wasn't um was it noah when he made his comeback and he looked like a uh mishinoku pro mishinoku yeah. pro sorry right and he um, um i had never seen that before it was, it was yeah, bad little yeah. lost a lot of the mass he had had previously um yeah the dynamite story is not a happy one but um no you can potentially make that same argument for him about, you know, the effects of CTE and drug use. And it, like, at least from the, the wife's um, perspective, it seemed like there was a, a, a sharp turn in his personality that led him down the dark path. So that's unfortunate. Um, but that's it for Dark Side of the Ring until the autumn. There's no episode next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Like Lupin, it will be back with part two <laughs> later on. Yeah, quite a quite a a weird stretch of episodes um, in the second half. Less heavy. Uh, there's some real heavy stuff on this one. Yeah, Pil- uh, you know, Pillman, Smith, and, and Dynamite Kid in particular. Uh, next time we've got uh, XPW and FMW. Two episodes on that. Uh, obviously, XPW will probably have the. <laughs> Will Rob Black be? Well, yeah, I mean, well, uh, he's definitely going to get discussed, so he probably want to be there. Um, You know, FMW would be interesting. Also, like Canyon will probably be a bit of a sad episode because that is a guy who just, you know, unfortunately was 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 let down by the wrestling industry quite a lot. That's a shame that the Canyon episode wasn't aired on this run, so it coincided with Pride Month. But that would have, yeah, that would have been actually an interesting decision. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they kind of had some kind of strategic thing where, because yeah, looking at the next spread of episodes, Canyon might be something closer to their Pillman, you know. So maybe they're like, we want yeah. this will be a, this will be a big one, so we have to put it in the second half because sure. some of these episodes, some of these episodes do look a bit niche. Um, right. Like one of them is about the plane ride from hell, <laughs> which that may be your uh, your brawl for all episode for this season, where it's just kind of a. <laughs> It, it, I like I, I quite liked the Brawl for all episodes. I I liked it. As well. I was actually very pleasantly surprised by it, but it was it was kind of a step away from tragedy and, and more kind of look at this, this mad shit. thing they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's really been because a lot of the topics they talk about, like Benoit and Montreal, have been covered extensively elsewhere. The the, the plane ride from hell has not really been the subject of a lot of documentaries or podcast episodes. It's very much just been a, you know every now and then someone posts the old Observer clip or someone gets asked about it on a shoot interview, but not very often. Okie dokie. I think I cut off there a little bit, but we're just about there anyway. That's fine. No, it it would have recorded on your side anyway, and I'm not even going to edit us talking about it out of the show. (laughs) Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's Dark Side of the Ring all done until September. Yeah. Uh, we will chat more, more about it then. Uh, and as for in the meantime, next week on this show, we will talk about uh, more Dynamite. There'll probably there'll be additional E3 takes next week. 
and uh, various other bits and bobs of game golf and movie golf and all the other stuff you come to. Yeah. So, with all that said, thank you very much for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. Chairshoppodcast.com. If you want to email us or anything like that, Chairshoppod on Twitter. Uh, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Paul. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming We'll go on getting back, so I'm getting back, so I'm getting back, so I'm getting back. Bobby Belt in the ball And nobody